Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ungakadu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of December 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Konnichiwa, minasan. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? But yeah, I'm sorry that I missed out last week. Uh, it was a little bit of an emergency, so I wasn't able to join you guys. <laughs> well, we missed you last week, and glad you glad to have you on this week. Yeah, I, I would have uh, I would have kerfuffled you guys the force to do MC this week. <laughs> but it is how it is. How have you guys been, and what you've been listening to as of late? Let's start with you, Gray. Yeah, so I haven't been listening to too much. I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I have been sucked into a audiobook as of late. And oh, I just have ooh, been that's, really that's focused on That's not real that. reading. <laughs> well, that's, that's not real I, reading. Away, I don't count Pharisee. it as real reading. Just, that's away, why I said Pharisee. that's what I've been listening to. <laughs> away, Pharisee. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to uh, Dragons of Winter Night, so... But I did get uh, some listening done this weekend. Like I said, just not as much as usual. Uh, still liking Chainsaw Blood by Vondi. Fantastic track. Choo Choo Train by Fantastics is really good. Went back and listened to Zoo. And that's really good. It's really interesting. It's like Choo Choo Train is a very interesting track over like the different like renditions that's been done to it. I was going to say, it's a pretty you, solid you, song. you know, the, 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 the history of that song, right? I was like, when I saw you, yes. when you were talking about it, you're like, Oh my me. God, this is a, an amazing track. And I'm like, I looked at one look at it. And I'm just like, oh, this is a cover, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, these guys did it again. They're geniuses. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw uh, Choo Choo Train and just thought it would be a terrible track and I was like oh no it's really good and then you were like it's a cover and I was like oh uh, I was at work I was at work and I just got a notification on my phone's like hey Fantastics has dropped a new single and that's that's just like oh okay so I just hadn't had a chance to look at it yet still enjoying Like by Octopath that is I I really liked that last week and just really been enjoying that one as of late too. Uh, went back and listened to Subtitle by Officially Gay Dondism, which it, it is really good. I I will contest, Ken, I think you like this track a bit more than I do, but it is really but good. So Also, I've been surrounded out. by it 24-7. There's other songs because of <laughs> Japanese social media that just rams that song into your brain. There's, there's, a, there's a song by, um, I think it's Claris, I'm forgetting, it's like the... Kawaii Kikutu Gomenne or something like that. And I've just been... That that song is just the most horrible animu style of song, but because they play it all the freaking time on all the trends, I've listened to it countless times. My friend... Oh my, Lord. my friend who's also not following Japanese TikTok has also got into that song and he's going crazy <laughs> because that song oh my lord well officially gay dandism they were at the, they're going to be at the kohaku right so i think we know what song they're going to play <laughs> no but remember we had this talk you were you were arguing yes, that yes. they were going to do mix nuts or whatever <laughs> yeah, well i didn't realize it was that big a uh, social media thing at, at the time so <laughs> well then again mix nuts yeah. was also making the rounds around the time that uh 
yes. um, spy spy family was making making the hits. So, but uh, the only other thing I've really listened to this week is Amato Danshi dropped their latest single, Ice Cream. And it's pretty solid. I've really been enjoying that. So, other than that, have been like I said, I've been listening to an audiobook. Sorry, guys. Uh, not, what have you been listening that's to? Not, Luna? That's not real reading. <laughs> So I discovered a group called Soul Scream. I actually remember them from back in the day, but never really super dived in. They are a Japanese rap group from like the, I guess you could say the late 90s, early 2000s. So I just kind of was going through and started listening to them and I kind of got pulled in. And Apple has a good amount of their stuff. I highly recommend Tamashino Sakebi, Hachitochol. I mean, their album The Deep is really good. I really like po- uh, The Positive Gravity as well. But I highly enjoyed them and had them on my playlist. Also was listening to Superfly again this week. I absolutely love their album Superfly because I love 1969 and I will Komate Hanata and listened a little bit more Chanel this week but not too much mainly her um, love songs 2 deluxe edition and I greatly enjoyed some of her songs she covered in English like Shana Nana was really good and Matashita and Let Go featuring Matt Cab was absolutely beautiful and that is an Mflow cover they did. And I like how they changed the composition, the rendition, and really made it their own. And I I was, like, blown away by it. And then I went back to some playlists because it made it a little bit easier to when I'm driving. So I had A Witch on with Gila Gila. Had I the Moment featuring Yellow Bucks. Had some Chanmina on as well, because she does have some new songs. I had her Tokyo 4AM one, which came out a couple months ago. I'm still loving that. Went back to some Cream. Went to Chupa Chops. Girl Like Me. Pretty much the usual playlist that gets me in a good mood. And then I did go back to listen to Boa's The Greatest Album in preparation for her new Korean album that's coming out. Or that came out yesterday. So that's pretty much what I've been listening to. Hasn't been a ton, just due to work and other things. So Ken, what have you been listening to? So I've been listening to a whole bunch of giggle and gaggles of things. I was listening to uh, Ghost Komozu's, uh, their latest up-and-coming album is coming out later on this month. But the, the hit song off of it is uh, You Mini. You may need Nadu Yoni, which is actually really, really good. I've been highly recommending, if you guys can, go listen to that. Um, I was also listening to uh, Asami Tomo, uh, Tono's uh, latest EP, Birds 2. I've been really like... If you guys don't know As- Asami Tono's, because it's, it's the EP is called Birds 2, all the tracks are different birds. So there's a hawk and... Well, I don't know if you consider this a bird, but it's a rooster. <laughs> Has wings, it flies, right? <laughs> it, it's a fowl, so it works. It's a fowl, yeah, yeah. 
But I was also listening to that. I was listening to uh, Rhea Morris with their latest EP, uh, Here's With You, Dana Jr., No Man's an Island. It's actually fantastic. Luna, you should listen to that. Um, I was also listening to Syrup's latest release with the team-up of uh, Viviola called No Time. Highly recommend it. If you guys can, go listen to that. Uh, I was also listening to uh, Orbits by Stutz. That lovely huge album is really really good it's another collab artist because or collab album because Stutz by himself is not really entertaining to listen to it's 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 his collab work is where all the money is expression specifically which is the last track on that album is highly recommended as Daichi Yamamoto, Capella, uh, Ryugi, Shida, and a lot of really interesting artists that I think you would actually really like Luna, so there's that. Uh, I was listening to Indie Corner's alumni, The She's Gone. Their latest single, Must Scent, is fantastic. Really, really like what they're doing. And I'm really appreciative of what The She's Gone's been doing as of late overall for the last couple of years. So, Yoano's uh, with Yoano's House. That's fantastic. I've been really, really liking it. Specifically, uh, So Bae is really, really good. Uh, I highly recommend also listening to uh, the Charm Parks latest EP, which is Will Be Okay. So go listen to that. Another interesting thought, not so much in the release of Japanese music, but I've been on a huge uh, remix kick as of late. And I know we didn't initially, I, was on, I wasn't on the episode of doing remixes, but Luna, I would really highly recommend by listening to... Uh, DJ Aoyama's remix of the IU Trance album. So it's the entire album for that. Oh, you should send that my way because I love remix albums and IU's had some a freaking amazing remix album. So I'm all game for that. Yeah. Oh, and lastly, I was listening to Millet's The uh, Final Call single. It, it's tied to that darn movie that she's a part of and that that's that's a whole other thing but oh another thing is too i was listening to travis japan if you guys don't know who travis japan is they are a newly debuting johnny's group that debuted in october now you're saying to yourself now ken why are you saying are you listening to travis japan because johnny's groups don't usually have their songs internationally available on digital Travis Japan does. And when I was going through our end of the year stuff, great, you missed out by a year. <laughs> no. That. I knew they would do it eventually. A newly debuting group from Johnny's has their music available day and date internationally, day one. And I'm just surprised. Granted, there's a lot of caveats to this. Travis Japan specifically was a group that was made in Japan, obviously, but was trained in New York. And the name Travis of Travis Japan is a homage or homage to their dance instructor in New York. So that's actually really interesting that they decided to do. If you guys do listen to Just Dance, the entire song is in English. Granted, with some accent, but the, the, the majority of that song is in English. 
So I highly recommend that you guys go and listen to it. But with that, let's continue on to this week's music corner here. And Luna, you had the reins to introduce us to your artist, so go right ahead. I did. So I took the reins this week, and actually, I'm very excited to introduce Amy. And she has a very unique spelling. It's A-A-A-M-Y-Y-Y, so hence my Amy. So Amy is a female electronic musician, and her real name is actually Honami Amy Fukuhara. She began her music career when she came back from Vancouver, Canada, and she actually started with an electro-pop group called Go Retro in 2013. She did that with her friend Shiori. So once the group disbanded, she joined another one called MEA with DJ Takuma, where they produce mainly English language music, and that one debuted in 2015 at the Summer Sonic Festival, where Amy had another group she met called Temple. So she joined as a supporting member and got to perform at the Southeast Southwest Festival, which most of you guys know is very, very famous, has a lot of super cool artists that are just beginning their careers. And Amy finally began her actual solo career in 2017 after becoming a radio radio DJ. So she's had a very interesting music career and discovering her solo music has been fantastic. So her debut song was 8 p.m. And as she mainly did English produced music, she switched it up with her solo career by doing it in Japanese. And this is a way and mainly to reach more listeners in Japan. As she wanted to, that's what she her goal was to reach more listeners that way. So switching that up to Japanese, but she does include a lot of English in her music. And her style is more of a Western meets Eastern style due to her inspiration, such as MIA. And that's where that electro-pop style comes from. And those of you who are familiar with MIA, you hear that in her compositions. So not only in Amy's music career, but also her experience in the industry really helped boost her audience range worldwide with her ability to sing in English and Japanese. And also with her experiences being in Canada, doing some concerts in the U.S. and being with all these different electro-type groups. So her debut track, 8 p.m., immediately drew me in with its electric, catchy beat, fun lyrics, and smooth vocals. And it's a track that makes you want to get up and dance. And I've had this one actually on repeat for quite some time. And it's one of the main tracks that drew me in by her. This is the one, I mean, I would play on a Friday night to get me in the mood for a weekend. Or lately, I've been playing it on Monday mornings to pump me up for the rest of the week. And her track Swim In has a nice consistent beat that just gives you this chill vibe and just makes you want to bob your head to, tap your feet to. And I think her vocals flow perfectly with the beat, which is steady yet pulsating and in a good way. It's one of those chill tracks I love to listen to while I'm working just because sometimes I just want something to relax to. And this helps me, her music helps me calm my mood. 
Uh, but one thing I want to highlight is her collaboration tracks is that's one of the things she does best. All these artists she works with know how to match everything perfectly. Ones like Z featuring Computer Magic, Island featuring Maton, Eyes featuring uh, Coney Plankton, Camera featuring Tendre. Those are just to name a few on that plate right there. And all those artists she collaborates with, I mean, they know how to utilize her voice and the compositions and everything, the unique sounds that come by it are just perfect. And Amy's voice is just so pleasant to listen to. And one of Amy's latest tracks, Anil Emmy featuring Anil, immediately caught my ear due to the composition being a mixture between electronic and alternative. Plus, I feel like Amy's vocals take a different tone than most of her other tracks, giving it a unique and memorable feel to it. I also love hearing the utilization of her vocal skills and the composition standing out, the lyrics. This is... Ano Emmy is probably one of my favorite tracks by her, but it's also up and running with 8pm, so... Amy currently has three studio albums, Mabodoshi Weekend, which is probably one of my favorite albums personally, Body, Annihilation, two EPs, Echo Chamber, and etc., and 11 digital singles. So with that, I know, Ken, you were familiar a little bit with Amy due to her collaborations. So what did you think listening to her solo work? So for listening to her solo work, it was very it was very interesting because I had the idea of what type of artist she is. And you know, you are right. I do really like a lot of the compositions that she does bring out from. However, I think for me, she is a much stronger or has a much more better use of understanding her talents when she's with the collaborative work compared to by herself. Granted, you know, I'm not saying a lot of her things aren't unbearable, but it's 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 apples to oranges of what i feel of how her or how she's put on a front on her collaboration works compared to how Amy is put on her solo stuff and which is very unfortunate because i would like to see two of the same coins here but yeah and I, and i can see that you know, and hearing the difference in her solo versus her collaboration and, and how different that is. Yeah, and, you know, it's not to say that she's a bad artist on her own. It's just that she doesn't have that that punch, that one-two punch that I I am accustomed of hearing with by herself. Hey, I mean, I just listens to Sounds and Colors, which is another collaboration that she did even though it's a song that she mostly did by herself but all the contributions and all the contributors for the composition helped her out in lit so oh yes it did no i totally see that and i think that's a really big boost for her is having those contributors you know assist on her music and it's interesting to see how a lot of these artists she's collaborated with have really influenced her music as well Great. What did you think of Amy? I know this isn't typically your style, so I'm very curious to see hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, Amy was a very interesting pick. Uh, typically, I will say I'm a huge sucker for synthesizer, and you know she she definitely a lot of her music utilizes heavy synth sounds. 
and stuff. Uh, Amy's vocals, I thought, were very good. She's got a nice, soft voice uh, that she uses to great effect uh, with her music. The pro- You are correct, Luna. The problem that I really have with Amy is just, at the end of the day, this isn't to my taste. And I I think she's very talented. I, I, I hear uh, her gift at making really interesting and unique sounding song compositions i can definitely understand why you were drawn to her the that sound that she makes is is pretty unique and very different and you know you can't mistake amy for somebody else like you know she's a, a very distinct sound uh in and of itself uh for me it's a little bit too chill i it's I, I get it. I've really softened <laughs> on chill music over the course of the show. And I, I've, I've g- liked a lot more chill music nowadays than I did in the beginning. But even that, she's still a little too chill for my taste. Uh, currently. No, it's also, it's so also how differently I, you I can listen to music see the as appeal. well. Like, this comes down to how, how that was, too. <laughs> and I, she is an artist that literally, when Luna yeah. was explaining her of someone that you want to relax to, that's not how you listen to music as well. (laughs) Yeah, now, I will say, I have kind of been drifting a little bit more into chill music, because sometimes I'm looking for something Mm. to listen to while I read, but... I, I like I said I I don't know if I, I think can you fall asleep to music. I find the compositions to be too distracting. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's it's she's doing too much. You know what I'm saying? It's not that like like she has like that tempo perfectly, but she's doing a lot mm-hmm. with a slow tempo. And I just to me, I would find it a little distracting to to try to read. And really to too distracting. Time, I think so. like if like a lot of the pop, a lot more pop music I think is so. a lot more distracting with a lot more sound and stuff i mean we'll talk about it fairly soon with with one of the releases yeah. on the oricon here uh, it's just it feels like there's a lot going on to try be uppity <laughs> i mean i can see that and i get it and i get it like it's you know just, I mean, like i said i mean, does do that she makes use of every little thing around her and and if you are more likely to notice that compared to other people, then you'll notice it. It sticks out like a little sore thumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like 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 going back and listening to like her her sounds and color just to take an EP out. Like a uh, lit and tonic are both two songs where so much is going on. Like I I don't. It, it'd be hard to even though they're on the like more chill spectrum, although. I don't know if you would ever. Nah, I don't think nah, it's that not. much of a chill song, but they, they're on. They're a little bit more on like the chill end of the spectrum, but still, like I don't know if I could read to that. It's just a little. She, she, like I said, she's doing a lot of work with the composition, even though it's at a very slow tempo, uh, which is, like I said, it's very interesting to do. And, and I, like I, I see the appeal, like I said, but it's just not what I'm looking for and stuff but I, like i said i i thought she was a very interesting pick and I, uh it was interesting spending my time with well, her. i'm glad yeah. you both enjoyed her music and found you know found some interesting songs and hopefully you all enjoyed so everyone can check out amy's official website twitter instagram and her latest video Anno emmy featuring Anno on our website but yeah you know i want to at least mention this before we kind of go into the orca here and 
I know you guys touched on it briefly last week, and this is kind of regarding Nano Okada's graduation or sudden departure, and I guess scandal in, alongside with that. And I don't know how much you guys talked about last week because I know I just sprung it on you to say talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we so we dived into it a little bit, and mainly what we discussed was her departure from AKB, that she did release a note apologizing to all her fans. I read a little bit of that note, but I, I kind of like, I would say I pretty much didn't read the whole thing. I just gave the big specifics of it, the big talking points. And just we talked a little bit about how hand in hand, you know, the I guess you could say how be, when you're an idol, you're pretty much a front for you. You have to be available and well, not a even lot available. Of, I mean, it's it's the no no dating rule. Yes. And and the the reason why this it's is an a unwritten huge, rule. Well, it's not even unwritten. It's the the the, the rule of. These are the girls next door. Uh, literally, AKB is is that. They are the girl next door that you see. You know, the 80s, 80s in mind, right? Yes. So these girls are supposed to be well, pure. <laughs> I'm using quotes there. There, there there's, a lot, there, there's a lot of things there, but yeah. they, these girls are supposed to be pure. And it, it I, I, I will say it did occur to me last week, you know, not... I, I'm, I'm on the side of... The, I, Personally, I feel like they should let the girls date. That being said, from the studio side, I could see where if, say, someone oh, yeah. gets pregnant, yeah, that could be a big yeah. They don't want to deal with. They it. don't want to deal with. There, so, that's I, I understand like that. another reason why. Like there was when Judina was Matsui Judina was out, there was talks that that possibly happened. Remember, she came back. She literally got injured. Came back and then was like, I, 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 I'm injured again for another couple weeks, and that's what delayed the entire simbatsu. Yeah, that thing. And was the a mess. reason why we don't have the simbatsu no more. <laughs> you know, pandemic aside, we haven't heard anything about the simbatsu ever since then. So, and it 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 sucks. Like for for me as someone who is a fan of this, but I don't know if you guys read into more about this well i, I kind of warned you about it but there's very interesting takes about this and you know there's if, if you guys don't know she was caught that she was with another guy with a guy and was was caught sleeping at that that person's place and you know obviously that's a huge no-no and would be hand wavy aside because Things like that has happened in the past with with scandals like this where 48 hell someone was caught about it announced graduation but her fans wanted her to be happy and said no don't leave we'll be fans of you anyway and still still continued on with the group just to break that guy's heart like three months later it's pretty funny honestly <laughs> but it it was very interesting to see the label of how she's perceived because you know she's as always has said publicly that she likes girls <laughs> and people have always taken 
wrongly of what that meaning was and you know and, and you as well so so several of us as well has taken that meaning fairly literally at times and they a lot of fans now are literally lambasting her for ex, excuse the derogatory word here but for gay baiting and because of the fact that she portrayed herself as either a lesbian or bi but or just a lesbian because she kept on saying i love girls but never stamped down what that meant and obviously all the fans who are of that denominary decided to be behind her and you know make her this one thing of oh yeah akb is for all these people especially for you know people who are gay or no, that likes girls and are lesbians and stuff like that. Now, because of the fact that she was found sleeping with a guy, a lot of people are mad because of that because she never did say that she was either bi or that she just said she liked girls, but she wouldn't mind dating men instead. And that opened up a whole other can of worms. And it's just sad to honestly see that. No, it really is. And reading her apology, you can tell she feels like she really did let down her fans. And I feel the sincerity coming from her. And it's just sad that she's put in this position, too, and that people put celebrities or idols on such a high pedestal and put them in these positions that make it really difficult for them. Yeah, I mean, she has to live a hard and difficult life. And, you know, I... Not condoning, you know, what she did or anything like that. But, you know, when you're up front and pressured like that, well, I'm that, certain, you know, sometimes you're pressured to say things maybe you don't want to say or or something. Well, I, think, or I think maybe that just was didn't just a mistake that she made on her part. What she it's said, hard she, to you tell, know, she really. just said that she likes girl. I never really honestly took it that way when she said that. And I don't know how other people has always thought that way as well. Because, you know, I could just say, oh, I like dudes, but does that make me gay? That, that that's, whole, that's a whole other can of worms. But, you know, it's the fact that they put this huge label on her as that is the huge problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I could see that. It's, I, I think, I, I don't know, it, it's one of those situations where I, I don't know what to say. Oh hell yeah! Uh, at the end of the day, I I hundred I hundred percent agree with you, Gray. They should be taken with a grain of salt, especially when it's talking about likes and sexuality and stuff like that. You know, because in the end, all be all, because if that person ends up not being what you think of, as you know, this whole stand of being in the in that community it ends up being a backwire or a backlash towards that star. And it might be hurtful for the fans that it was like, oh, you know, she's she wasn't that this entire time or they weren't that this entire time. And I get it. And I get it. But the thing is, you shouldn't be doing that in the first place. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you shouldn't be holding them up to like this ideal in your head and it's it's like seeing it's like saying someone if they said I like pizza and then you see them not eating pizza and you're like oh my god you're just, you're not a pizza lover oh my life is freaking ruined and I get it 
I honestly get, I know the topic that we're really talking about is really difficult on a wire to talk about. Trust me, I understand, but this talk is very important to have, especially for the music community for fandoms. It's a very important community or a very important topic to talk about because of the fact that how the world is slowly changing into that and people are just being a little bit butthurt about what you say or don't say. It's yeah, and that interpretation when you don't say something yeah. or you say something, say something can be easily taken out of context. Yeah. And you know, it's hard to think really thoroughly did I say something that can be taken out of context? And I'm sure all the, you know, these idols and not just idols, but any singers, you know, celebrities, you know, that difficulty of discussing things and like, what do I say? What do I not say? What's going to be taken out of context if I say it, you know, and there's so many things, you know, you can say like, I like girls, but that can mean several things. It doesn't mean like, oh, I like girls, you know, like that way, like you're bisexual. It can just mean like, well, I you know, I like girls. I like guys. You know, there are so many things that, you know, that, that it can easily be just taken the wrong way. And yeah, depending on the fan, some are going to hear it like, oh, she likes girls and just associate her with being bisexual. But unless someone or, fully yeah. comes out about it, you know, you shouldn't make those qualms or interpretations for them. Yeah, that at the end of the day, because, see, the thing is, I've I don't know how heavily they tied into that appeal or marketing of of Nana that if she does say I like girls I don't know if they made if the 48 brand or the company decided to do that if they decided to do that then I would have a different outlook on this whole thing but as of right now from Looking at what I know, as of right now, people are taking this totally out of control and making this such a weird conversation overall to talk about. And not only that, it just makes them look less sane than how the K-pop fans look. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It. We. You got to keep things... tempered if that makes any sense and you know understand that at the end of the day the the idols they're people too they make mistakes uh and and it's just they're they're fallible human beings just like we all are and you know just yeah you you gotta look at it in that perspective yeah like and and like i said if the 48 company had marketed nana as this then I would have a different situation. This this would be a whole different topic, to be honest. But because I don't think they did, I, I in the the years that I was offhandedly paying attention to them, I haven't seen her in that predicament. Right? <laughs> like you guys no, haven't seen it either. I haven't either. I would know because I do follow some of that pretty, not the idol stuff, but certain things I follow pretty closely. Yeah, no. Uh just like like I said like uh she has like the one statement but other than that, I mean she seemed pretty much like a typical idol. Like there's nothing I would say that would you know 
think you to lean one way or the other. But think you to lean yeah. that way, right? Right. Uh, to be the, the, the poster girl of that community, right? There's no... There's, unless the Project 48 was doing that and we just never saw it, this, this conversation that we're having about her should be she did something wrong that's fine but the fact that people are saying that she's excuse my language gay baiting over this is a stupid conversation to be honest i agree no i i agree with you bud it it's it's this is crazy i just wanted to at least say my two cents because of the talks that been going on about this from her graduation and the scandal it's something that we need to talk about <laughs> and it's a serious up i know that the topic is a very very interesting wire that we are treading upon but the fact that it we have to talk about it because it's 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 affecting literally someone's livelihood in the music industry at that point but let's move on to oricon it's it was a it, it was an interesting week. <laughs> I say that temperedly. <laughs> I think last week was better. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. I, I have no idea. It, it, it's beyond me. <laughs> it's beyond me. It must have been a happy surprise. <laughs> happy surprise of boy groups. <laughs> yeah. That sounds. That just sounds so bad out of context. <laughs> that that once it left my mouth, I was like, "Oh, that that sounds that sounds not good." <laughs> Speaking of gay baiting, <laughs> well, I'm married uh, to, to a woman, so I, hey, man, I, I you know that that was some people before. <laughs> I don't but, want to be accused of, of, of that. <laughs> Continuing on to number ten here, we have. Pasto by the lovely group of Quartz. Now this is a subgroup of the the Nijigaku and Idol School season of Love Live. I don't, Luna, are you actually watching that season, or are you just waiting for the Blu-ray to come out? Waiting for the Blu-ray. Oh wait, wait. I think it I, th- I think out. they're on their second season right now. Maybe the oh, first second season, season I of- haven't watched. First season's on Blu-ray. I bought the first hmm. season. I have not watched it yet. Mm-mm-mm. It's so, on my list. Yeah, so they're a part of that season. So you, because you, if I does, I don't know how this works for Love Live, but does Love Live pretty much spend two seasons per group? I'm using quotations here. <laughs> it's usually two cores. Uh, yeah, kind of. So all of the first Love Live was Muse. All of Love Life Sunshine was a cores, but they also had their subgroups, you know, like Saint Snow and stuff like that. But I mean, usually most shows are a two core, 13 episodes each, but it's all for one group. And now they do will have their subgroups that'll join within as the show develops though. If that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, they start introducing groups slowly, but it's mainly about that one main group that's the star. So, yeah. like, Quartz, to me, since there's only four members, it really looks like it's more of a subgroup mm. to the main group. And I haven't watched the new season yet. I haven't even watched season one of the Niji, Nijigasaki Gakuen. I want to. 
And when I do, I'll deliver my report on that. But I have a feeling they're more of like a little subgroup of them. Yeah, no, they they are because the the I noticed because I played the app for a short period of time and I recognize all these girls what they think. But going back to to the the song overall for Pastel, how did you guys like this release? I I thought it was cute and I thought their vocals were good. The composition felt a little off for it. Other than that, I mean, like I thought it was a decent Love Live one. It's not my favorite in the franchise. But, you know, it vocally it did what it needed to do for me. I just wish the composition was a little bit more matching to its pace. Yeah, I enjoyed this track. I thought it was really good. I didn't like it so much to hit the plus sign on it. But for what it was when I listened to it, I I think I had low expectations because it looked like it'd be super cutesy and there is a little cutesy element to it, but I don't think they overblow it. I think it's just the right amount. And I thought the, it was catchy for what they were trying to do. I, like I said, I didn't hit the plus sign. I don't see myself re listening to it, but the Mm. one time I listened to it, I did enjoy it and thought it was pretty good. overall. No, I, you know, and I agree with you there. Great. The, just looking at this lovely cover of what pastel is it just looks like oh my goodness this is a song that i am not going to enjoy aren't i and to my surprise it wasn't too unbearable i i had minor nitpicks with the composition but their vocals are really really good and i think that's very interesting of what this generation has done you know the the compositions might not match a lot of what these girls are saying, but vocally they've been really really good these last couple of seasons. For specifically this Nijigaku, um, school high school, Gakuen, a subgenre for this season. So I've been really really appreciating what they've been doing. That they actually find girls that can actually sing. But yep, I agree. Like their vocals have been on point. But minor minor things aside, like like you just said, Gray, I didn't push the plus sign on this, but I didn't either. Speaking of things, even though I liked it. But this week Pastel sold a lovely fourteen thousand six hundred and eighty uh fifty eight copies and going on up to something that I know probably me and you pushed the plus sign for was Aikizu slash my turn featuring JP the Wavy by Generations from Exile Tribe. Now, you talk about something that I just absolutely was harping on about these Exile Tribe groups over the last couple of years. And, you know, the fact is they have amazing vocals, but because they are so focused on the other aspect of what they are as a boys unit, it really, really takes that wind out of the sails, so to speak. But with... I Kizu, I absolutely loved it. So I enjoyed it as well. I greatly enjoyed I Kizu. I honestly, when I saw Generations from Exile Tribe, I immediately thought Pop and Lock, and I was pleasantly surprised it was not Pop and Lock. Yeah, they. I don't know. It's been a while since they've done like a solid Pop and Lock number. Uh, Generations has had a great year, honestly. I think 2022 has been really good to this group. 
and I I loved Aikizu. I think it's a wonderful track. Definitely a nice vocal heavy performance by Generations. It's it's a style of performance that you get sometimes. They don't always do tracks like this, but when they do it, man, they nail it. And Aikizu definitely is that. I I this was an easy plus sign for me. And my turn by uh, featuring JP the Wavy, that was released as a digital single a few months ago. And I've been listening to that one for a while. Uh, I like my turn. I think that's a pretty solid song. I think that, you know, if you like JP the Wavy, you might like my turn. It, it just depends. JP the Wavy has a very specific style of rap and that may or may not be to your taste, but... I liked my turn. I think JP the Wavy works really good with Generations. I think they meld really well and they really turned out a great song. So uh, I think this release as a whole comes together really well. And I thought this was a fantastic release by Generations. And I also like my turn, but I like JP the Wavy and Gray, you're correct. If you like his style of rap, you're going to love it. If you don't like his style, his style of rap, you're not going to like it because it is a very unique style. And I wouldn't say unique. It's something that's been very popular in the rap industries lately. It's very Americanized. But I like how his rap did fit in with Generations. And I enjoyed both Aikizu and My Turn. I thought it was a solid single. Yeah, you know, the minor problems that I had, I honestly thought that you would, you would actually be a little bit turned off by this. But because of the fact that it probably was beaten into your brain over the last couple of months for my turn like upon first listen this style of rap is the one that i just don't like and i get it i get it it's popular now even not even non-japanese for just regular rap i i understand it's a very popular vocal style but i i just i couldn't get into it and the vocals was just J JP the Wavy was just really turning me off over all of the song. Aikizu and My Turn sold a wonderful 18,194 copies. And going on up to number 8, it is Happy Surprise by Nani Niwadanchi. Now, even without, you know, listening to last week's, I already knew what was going to probably happen with this release. I knew that you were going to like it, Gray, and maybe Luna would have liked it. Am I correct in that assumption there? So... Kind of. Uh, I, I'm i half and half on it just because, one, it's not for me. It's a little too cutesy and generic. Mm. And that's kind of what I said last week. And even going back and listening to it, it's very cutesy. I mean, I think their vocals are good, but it, it just also feels very generic and also forgettable in that aspect, too. Yeah, you're you're right. I, I love this. I think this is a fantastic release. I, I see the criticism that people have of mm. them i but for me personally just I, i've really liked every release that uh nani wadanshi's done now you could say that they they do need to mix it up a little bit more than what they have done you, you a, can say that I, i'm actually saying that the, the thing uh, is the thing let me let me start here the one thing that i only have up against this song is it doesn't feel Johnny's and that that's the weirdest thing to say because it feels like a song that Stardust would have produced instead 
I could see that. It, it definitely has their flair and style to it. I, I could I could see that. That that's the only reason why I was just like, wow, this feels so out of left field and so really, really happy. <laughs> Granted, it is in the title that it's a happy surprise, but that that was the only was like the only was weird thing. I was like, man, it doesn't really feel Johnny's ish. I don't. I, it's it's really difficult to explain someone that you know, not not to take experience into this, but from someone who was listening to Johnny's for a long time. There's a simple hook and clear and cadence that really has that because if i were to compare this to cinderella girls which we will eventually spoilers there it that sounds unabashedly johnny's while this has that really uppity and happy flair but it feels as johnny's i i it's really difficult to not have this talk i need to have someone to talk to about this that's a super johnny's fan to understand my point I would just say I'm a new age, new age Johnny's and you know, I like the uh the more current new generation Johnny's not the, the Ray Wa era of Johnny's yes, groups, yes, let's just say this yes. much. Even though Correct. I don't I don't I don't no hate King and Prince technically is just under the wire for Hey <laughs> But regardless Happy surprise sold a lovely 24,132 copies. Going on up to number 7. <laughs> Hisashi Booty No Lip Gloss. And the reason why I'm laughing is because Nana Okada is the, the center of this single. Now, I initially missed the release of this because this is brand new to me. And I, I, I'm pretty sure you yep, had I listened did to this. Okay. Yeah, you have listened to this, Gray, but what did you like about this release, Luna? If if any. <laughs> uh so I mean, I thought Hayashibirino uh lip gloss was it was it was okay. It just felt very generic. I thought the vocals were good, but it also feels forgettable that something that's just gonna be washed under the rug. Oh, I thought I the B sides though were better. <laughs> I, I don't know if it'll be washed over the rug. Not washed under the rug. No, no, because of everything that went on. But like, I mean, the song itself feels very forgettable. I think yeah. the B sides are better. Oh yeah, much. I will hundred percent agree with you on this, Luna. The B sides were much better. Yeah, they were more memorable. They tried video, something different. And, and you know, I'm I might have gripes with certain releases that they did do for this, but. You know, for for Hisashibudi no lip gloss, I just thought that, man, what a sucker way to leave Okada Nana out on this. But yeah, this also I, this also kind of goes to the point that they kind of don't have anyone else to put in that forefront because if you look at anyone else here, I don't think we can name any other girl that is on this release, right? Nope, I can't. I can't at all and i did i like this release i, I will say you, you know i i don't love it i i wouldn't recommend it to anybody that being said i i liked it for what it is but i will say this is really sad number to 
end her career on like it's <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's a, it's like i said i liked it i i will admit it's very it's in that forgettable category it's very much hitting the numbers sort of thing i think when i first covered it i was like ah oh, well you know it's it it you know it's ak it's modern day akb48 it's all right for what it is uh to it be you know o- okada's legacy at this point i'm like that's not the that's not how you would want to end a career you would want something a little bit more of a punch because she was their last big hitter they don't have anyone else i mean i mean maybe the diehards might know someone uh, but as a casual fan of AKB48, I will say like she was the last big name that I knew associated with AKB48. So I don't know who they're going to have going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes up. But yeah, regardless, he's such a booty no lip gloss. So the wonderful 27,713 copies. And going on up to number six, it is Cinderella Girl by King and Prince. Now, it's very interesting that this song just shot up out of nowhere for 35,000 copies. But it's here. <laughs> Congratulations. This is a great release. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it sold 35,817 copies. On and off, Jesus. But continuing on up to number five, it is Zenbu Kakite. Zenbu Kakite and Ini Mini Mini Mo Koi no Raibudu Sengen by Juice Juice. Now, I, I, I just didn't know how to feel about this release. I mean, I thought the vocals were good, but that's really. Mm. I don't know, but I thought, like, more in Zimbu Kakete Go, the vocals I liked more in that than Ini Mini Mini Mo Koino Raibaru Seba. But it was disappointing because I sang in. I really like Juice Juice, but I was very disappointed with this release. It just felt very generic and forgettable. And, uh, you know, I was hoping they'd do a little something different and spice it up. Yeah, Zibu uh, Kakete Go was okay. I-, I thought that was the stronger song of the two, while oh, yeah. Ini Mini Mini Mo Koi no uh, Raibaru Sengen. Rival, uh, rival, 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 <laughs> uh, rival, rival. Oh, rival. I see it now. <laughs> rival. That that song I thought was pretty on. It felt more on the annoying side of things. So it seems a little bit more uppity than it needs to. Have yes. Been. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent, and I, they they say any mini money mo a lot of times in that song, so it's just like hey, I I I didn't like any mini money mo koino rival Sengen, but Zimbu Kakete Go, I it was okay. I I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I felt like really this release overall was a step down for Juice Juice. They tend to do pretty solid work overall, but. I thought like this one was forgettable and I, I, I don't know if this will make a lot of waves. I think, I think this will please the fans. Oh, and hundred percent. Yeah. Other than that, I just, I just don't see this going anywhere. It's, I, I don't know if we'll ever talk about this song again because it's just <laughs> forgettable. But yeah, with that, this week it sold a lovely 38,936 copies and going on up to number four, it is the astronaut, by Jin. Now I miss the, the 
did I did I miss this release? Yes, it was this released? was one of the. This was it debuted at number two. I want to say the first week week of November. Were you on that week, Luna? I'm not. Too no, sure I was in L.A. This. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. It, yeah, it was when Luna was in L.A. and you were sick. Yeah. So I personally just did not like this release. I thought it was meh. I, I'm happy that Jin didn't fall into the trap in the in the usual drives of what K-pop artists do. But I was just like, no, nah, I, I passed. <laughs> I like the composition because it had a nice chill beat to it. I thought the vocals did a very well with matching it. It was a little repetitive at times, but I enjoyed it. I, I was pretty surprised listening to it of the tonal shift it took from a lot of the k-pop releases now i i thought it was in- interesting but uh i didn't love it or anything like that i thought it was a little different it was kind of cute and I, I remember i didn't hit the plus sign and going back and re-listening to it this week i still felt the same like <laughs> it, it's okay for what it is but i'm not going to download it yeah. or hit the plus sign Regardless, the astronaut sold a wonderful 48,166 copies. And going on up to number three is Tsukiyomi and Iro Dori by King and Prince. Not much more we can say. Still on the charts over the last like couple weeks now at this point, so good on them. So this week it sold a lovely 76,788 copies. And going on up to number two, it is... Hanigami Shoto by Not Equals Me. Now, this is a good comparison that we have, that we have two subgroups that are vying for the top of the idol community, kind of going up up against each other, and I personally think that the, the better one won between Not Equals Me and Juice Juice. Hanigami Short was, was really good overall. I mean, yeah, it was actually re- going back and listening to it a couple times. I didn't know what to think of Hanagami uh, short at first and then I I like the more that I think about it I actually like the composition and I think their vocals are very good in it and I thought it was a decently solid single and probably the best of the week yeah no this was tied for my favorite track of the week I really liked Not Equal Me I felt like this was a giant step up from their previous stuff that they've done this year and I remember them being pretty solid, reliable releasers, you know, when it came to their quality. And I felt like they kind of dropped the ball in 2022, but they've kind of bounced back with this. This is much more what I want to hear from this group. They absolutely nailed it. And I think they deserve the number two spot this this week. They earned it. Yeah, you know, you know the things with uh, Honey Got Me Short... That I feel, well, I don't know if the, the reason why we used to like them is because they used to innovate on what it meant to be an idol. And Suki Su, Janai wasn't doing that. And unfortunately, it's not really doing it for me on this release. But I had to compare it to Juice Juice's release as well with um, Kak- uh, Zenbu Kakete Go and Ini Mini Mini Mo Koi No Rival. Sengen, this is a much better release. And it's pretty bad to say the the, the battle of the mids not equal me one at that point. But regardless, this week it sold a lovely 100, 
24,597 copies here. Continuing on to number one here, it is Kickback by Kenshi Nionezu. I had to stop myself there. But I believe this is the opening for Chainsaw Man. <laughs> that yeah. is correct. Watch yeah. All right. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think on I can say on all three of us, this was not a good song. It has a lot of Kenshi-isms that I feel that, you know, at a certain different style of beat, I think if you take away that intro, a lot of the, the intro doesn't work, honestly. The repetitive nature of what he's trying to do throughout the court, throughout the bridge of the song wasn't working. It wasn't. Un- it was only until we got to the chorus where I think we get it, but even so, that's still too far into the song for me to have that hook. Yeah, I, I agree, and I got very excited seeing it as Kenshi, and then he was doing the opening, and plus I love Kenshi, but I was a little taken aback by Kickback, like you said. You know, it has some of his isms in there. But it also feels like it's all over the place, especially in the opening and how the song ends. And I think that's my biggest issue with it is it's just chaotic and a mess. And I I had a lot of issues getting into it. And that's it's like I wanted to like it, but I just couldn't bring myself to do that. You know, even being a fan of him like this is not what i was hoping for yeah and you know i know you're not much of a fan of him gray and i know that pretty much like i'm gonna be hand wavy about a lot of things but a lot of what you have your criticisms about him really was glaring really really bad with kickback yeah, and, click, and Kickback to me really feels like a song that I feel like, I don't know if it was made for the lis- listening experience, if that makes any sense. I think this song was made to serve a purpose. I think it was made to open a anime that is violent and can be chaotic at times, hmm. but I don't know, th- this was, <laughs> yeah, okay, it can be, it's a very violent anime, but I, yeah, this I think this was quintessential Kenshi yeah, d- d- like doing his thing and I I I didn't like it but uh what was the B track? That was much better. Yeah, Hazikashiku Shogunai ne was a much yes. better song. Oh, I agree. And, you know, the thing is, the thing is, you know, it be, it's it's a much better song, granted, because it's a much calmer song than Kickback. I, 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 that's one of the big things here. But another thing is, it shows a different side that we haven't really seen Kenji to in a while, is that he knows how to show reserve. And we haven't seen that in years, to be honest. Yeah, and that's what I liked about Hasekashishi Shogunaine, is is the different tone it, tonal shift it took, especially after hearing Kickback. It was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I I felt like that was much better. And I think that Hazukashi Kute Shogunai, uh, Shogunai uh, just 
it, it's really and it's nice to hear Kenshi sing. He's, he's got a great voice, and it's nice to hear him kind of pull it out, and you get to hear it a little bit more. So I, I felt like this was a much better you know b track side and stuff but i will say i have not been watching the anime of chainsaw man maybe if i watch the anime i'm the kickback might grow on me a bit but it just i don't know i don't see me growing the light kickback but yeah you know the the, the major problems regardless and you know i'm a fan of kenshi and the thing is it shows the the rev up 11 that he can do with with certain things and you know even when he does his kenshi isms there are some there are some really good songs that you know if he doesn't turn it to 11 it's fine <laughs> well i don't know yeah you you, you, you haven't really <laughs> been liking him from the get-go so. <laughs> yeah i mean he has songs that i, I like he, he's hit and miss with me uh, i i got a complicated relationship with kenshi yonezu if, if that makes any sense because, mm. uh, like, a, like a, when he works with other people, I think he's fantastic. I, I have gone. No, but then team. again, you like Con, you like the lemon and then Condan, and he's by himself with those. <laughs> yeah, uh, peace sign still peace probably sign, one of my favorite songs. Well. Yeah, uh, but uh, so like I said, like he has tracks that I like. I think he's a very talented composer. Uh, but I think he's again, I he's one of those people I don't, he really likes to push it, that envelope. The thing is, it really shows how limited his vocal range is, technically. <laughs> this song in particular, which with with this, really shows that his his vocal range isn't what he needs it to be for his this type of composition that he's trying to go for. And that at the end all be all, that's what's the main big point there is. You know, he has his Kenshi-isms, and that's a lot to deal with his vocals, to be honest, right? Because even when he does his slower compositions, it's a much better bite to swallow because he usually tries to match that composition. But because he's trying to match this high pace style of composition, it doesn't really match him, and it's not really working, <laughs> and it, it glares yeah. his problems a little bit more. Well, also, I think he's try trying to establish a tone for the anime that you're about ready to watch. And mm -hmm. that, that can... And he's not really also not yeah. reaching it, too. <laughs> no, he's he's not. I, I, I said this before the show, and I, I will say, like, if you listen to Chainsaw Blood by Vondi, I think that works much better as an opening than Kickback does. Like, I could see Kickback kind of working as an ending to an anime series but it doesn't rev you up it doesn't make you excited to to see what happens next now like i said well the thing the thing is also i don't i don't know i i, could, I haven't listened to vondi's vondi's release of that and the thing is i would be hyped to hear it just from the chorus alone and like i said the course is where it hooks you and that's when everything kind of goes into commotion yeah uh, it but I think, all the like, isms that he has really takes it away, and it really doesn't get you hype up because I feel the hype from the 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 chorus of this release. <laughs> so, well, yeah, and you know, it is playing into like the psychedelic nature of the mm -hmm. anime because you know it's very much. I even though know. it's, I, I don't watch yeah. it. <laughs> I, I've I've read the manga. I haven't watched it, but uh, the it's very much kind of like a psychology sort of 
thesis sort of thing going on with Kinji. Psychological. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of psychology involved in Chainsaw Man. Behind the violence, there's a lot of psychology involved. And I don't know about that. From what I've seen bits and pieces, it just looks like blood and gore and oh. the fan service than it, it <laughs> mean, needs to be. <laughs> Well, I, I, well, yeah, but and I don't. The main antagonist of the series, like it's a because the the devils are birthed by the fears of pop, like the populace. So, like, uh, if the and the stronger yeah, the fear, I'm, I'm, the I'm, more. I'm not, I'm not really looking to get into the anime. I'm, I'm yeah. possibly well into it, but you know, you're not really. I don't really care I'm, at I'm this just, point. But I'm just saying. That, <laughs> I'm just trying to explain. There is a lot of psychology behind it, and that's. Like it just it's just down to the functions of everything. Psychological. Uh, yes. Yeah. Psychology is the topic. Psychological is the genre. <laughs> There's a thread that connects the two. It might be thin sometimes, <laughs> but you know it's, they're connected. They're connected. Yeah, yeah. They're connected. But regardless, you know, I, I, I would have to listen to Vondi's release to really compare it because they could be true, but also. I have no interest in what this anime is going to be, so I might just also hand wave Vondi's release of like it's playing to what that that release is. Like to be honest, would you hear Vondi's that that song's release outside in the nature, not not thinking that this is related to that 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 song uh, or that that anime? I I, I will. Say, I don't know if you would hear it in the wild not not attached to the anime but i think it stands on its own if that makes any sense uh because the name of the song is chainsaw blood they don't ever say chainsaw man uh it's more of a chainsaw themed song if that makes any sense uh so it's a lumber song (laughs) no (laughs) I, i mean like it's called chainsaw blood it's very much uh but but i think i think in some ways it, it stands on its own like i said like i've not been watching the anime i have been listening to chainsaw blood on repeat i i love that song it's really good uh it's pretty different from vondi's normal work and that that's like one of the things that i've struggled with because like i don't know if i should rec- i like this song but if you like this song i don't know if you'd like vondi's work because it's very different from the two but i i love it i i love it i i couldn't imagine watching an anime and hearing at the end of it chainsaw blood and it's like that that song gets me revved up if if that makes any sense and i i'm have this weird feeling but i feel like opening songs should rev you for the uh, show that, you're about to watch well, i don't know that's a personal thing too though <laughs> yeah it's a very personal it's it's a it's a personal taste sort of thing and i know not every anime will ever do that uh, but I think if they're doing it right, that that's kind of like how it gets you pumped to watch the show, and then the the uh, ending theme kind of just lets you m- meditate on what you just watched. If that makes any sense. My my favorite. Oh uh, times... yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah! I just killed my daughter. Let's go dance and pray about it. Yay! Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tokusatsu does that very horribly wrong. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let, yeah, yeah. Like I said, not let, let's dance and pray at the end of the credits. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, I, like I said, it's very rarely done right. I mean, very, very rarely is it done right. I'm, I'm certain, it, you know, these songs are picked for a number of criteria. Uh, and I'm certain there's a lot that goes behind that decision-making process. But, you know, the uh, thing is, like, uh, overall, overall, at the end, all be all, it's because these these particular releases are tied to a specific release makes it really difficult to just listen on their own and you know chainsaw blood included i don't think i would be listening to it on my own without any sort of association to what it was and obviously kickback is that same thing which is sad because i really do like hazikashi shogunaine and i mean it's going to be attached to this release yeah, I mean, you can always plus sign that very specific song, but you no. Will but if I have... was a if I was a Joe Schmo <laughs> coming across this, you know, at at the at the end of the day, you know, I don't. If I'm just looking at face value of what these songs are, I'm only going to see Chainsaw Man. Yeah, and I will say I don't know if you would want to see the the cover of it. Yeah, for it, such a it's, chill it's a little, ass song. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a little grotesque. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> it, it gets the job done. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, it, it does demonstrate what the hell this is apart. But regardless, it sold very well, and I knew this was coming up. I had my experience that I knew that this song wasn't going to be for me a while ago when it was released digitally. I listened to it once, and I'm like, what? What the hell did I just listen to? <laughs> But uh, you it's listen sold to over... an experience. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, it's so different from what I think of Kenshi at this point. Because I think of just a lot of sights and sounds with his chill-ass vocals meditating on it. And that's what he did for M- M87 for the most part. Where he had a crescendo, but it's not like this kind of crescendo that he was doing with Kickback. Yeah, M87, it was... Man... It's been a long time since I listened to it, so I don't quite remember it. But I, it is different. I mean, it's it, it's been it's been August. So it's been a while, yeah. so I, I I wouldn't even put it up on you to try and remember stuff from four months ago. But you know, <laughs> it was it was much. You know, if if it was a month ago, I'd have a little bit of a problem. But <laughs> but and you know, M eighty seven was a much more different song. It, it, this is on the extreme edge, and I think he was trying to match that energy of what this series was, and it was it wasn't working. And it it it's sad. It is what it is. Unfortunately, a lot of people are just gonna think of this as the song that he released instead of M eighty seven. Even though M eighty seven was a much better song in my opinion, but. It it's just wasn't attached to uh, the most popular anime <laughs> of the year, and that's sadly that's how these things go sometimes. I don't know. I mean, uh, in a box office wise, Shin Ultraman did very very well. So, oh, uh, that's true. That's very true. But regardless, Kickback sold a lovely three hundred and five three hundred thousand five hundred and sixty three copies here. And continuing on to the album side, there's you know, a little here and there. There are some very, very interesting here. We got Yumin's album there. I'm pretty sure that took number one last week. So uh, Asuka's Wonderful World. If you don't know who Asuka is, 
he is part of Chingy and Asuka, to be obviously, but that was like a duo group back in the 80s that are absolutely fantastic. If, if you want to have a, 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 a modernized 80s band that is sounding like 80s style, like American 80s style of duo music, listen to Chingy and Asuka. I highly recommend it. Right there. Um, Hikao Kiyoshi with his lovely collection of collabs and ballads there as well. But very, very interesting things here. But yeah. I want to say thank you for listening to this episode of Ungaku to You. Fortunately, I won't be on next week. Um, I got some work to do and I have to... Uh, I'll be actually in Japan, so <laughs> I won't be on next week. So enjoy the lovely episode between you guys. So have fun with yeah, that. I will be with you in heart and spirit, I promise. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just avoiding all chainsaw man stuff in, in general. <laughs> I, I am very eager to hear like how plastered that's going to be all over the place. Uh, when I, have a, I have a feeling, like if I were to, if I was a betting man, on what the sights and sounds of what I'm going to be hearing the most, I think I'd be hearing much more of Spy Family than anything else. Uh, yeah, uh, that's more family friendly, and you can put that on a lot more <laughs> sidewalks and stuff like that, and you could chainsaw man uh, yeah. and stuff. I, I need to get the Spy Family because it looks good. I just haven't watched it yet. I, don't know, I just don't watch popular stuff. <laughs> so, but regardless, you can find us on all social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> you can find us on the website at onkakudu.com. You can also follow our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is a retro streamer. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out Timber Taff, who is also a retro and random streamer as well. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Timber Taff, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out uh, Luna Sister Rose at twitch.tv slash RainStarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-C-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name, who is an accomplished author of schmuck books. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast where both me, Lou, Timber, and Fangirl are talking about the gaming stuff at Padasaurus. This past episode, we are talking about wonderful things such as Pokemon, uh, Sadako, Things like Resident Evil Village as well. You can check it out by looking up Cory Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYKen1. And where can we find you, Luna? You can find me at Twitter, Kitsu, Anime List, Anime Planet, as LunaMaria87, and Instagram is NerdyCollectorLuna where I mainly talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. You can see photos of my adorable monster cats and more. Follow me there. And where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter, Dongaku Gray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. So if you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. Once again, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this past episode of Ongakudu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your week. Jamatane. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back here next time. Bye-bye.